everybody. You are listening to Limited Playtime, the board game podcast where we bring you board game reviews in 30 minutes or less. Or the next episode is free. I am Kyle Bolin. And I'm Jason Cavallari. And today we are talking about Battle Lore 2nd Edition by Fantasy Flight Games. This is a game that came out in 2013 and is the 2nd edition of the Battle Lore series, which was originally designed by Richard Borg. Uh, he is still credited as a designer on Battle Lore 2nd Edition, but I believe that it was uh, adapted quite a bit into something else by Robert A. Kuba, with art done by Henning Ludwigsen. <laughs> That's a good name. It's pretty good, yeah. Ludwigsen, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Battle Lore is a one-versus-one um, light War game, so think Warhammer, think, um, what is Warhammer is not a light war game. No, 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 okay, so, okay, yeah, good point. I'm saying that it is a war game that is light, um, as opposed to a heavy war game that would play somewhat similarly, but be much heavier in terms of the rule set and, you know, the amount of time spent playing, mm. the amount of time prepping for and everything, such as Warhammer, right? Uh, Warhammer yeah. 40k, yes, yes. or that is I don't correct. know, there, there's a bunch of other hordes or whatever, like, I, I know I've seen like plenty of war games out there where, you know, you see a lot of people with pewter miniatures on a giant table using rulers and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, and the Commands and Colors series, which is what Battlelore is part of, or is, you know, like a offshoot of, uh, was designed as a light war gaming series, allowing two people to get into a war game and play quickly and simply, and uh, but still, you know, get a satisfying war game experience out of it. So uh, there's quite a few games in that series. Memoir we've talked about is one that's one of my favorite games. Um, the original Battle Lore used uh, the Commands and Colors, very much the Commands and Colors uh, rule set because it actually used both Commands and Colors. Battle Lore... Second edition does not use colors. It uses commands and I, it, uh, dice faces, I guess, that are not color related. <laughs> I would say I didn't actually know that. Yeah. I, I just thought commands and colors was like just like the name. I didn't know it actually referred to the mechanics involved. Yeah, it's it's a um. Uh, this is like you're getting into the sort of like the nerd weeds on what the you know what the two. You know what the the different systems use and everything, but like it, it's meaningful to me. But it probably isn't meaningful to like uh, somebody that just sits down and plays the game. It's going to feel pretty much the same. The colors refers to uh, there would be like a colored die side, right? Like blue, green, red. And when you roll that color against another unit, if that unit that you're rolling against trying to hit matches the color that shows up on the die side, then you've scored a hit. Whereas in this version of the game, there's just a hit side to the die, right? right and then there's yeah. like a a hit side of the die that works if you have, you know, like a strong unit or whatever. Um, and then there's or a like hit a side ranged. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Versus um, melee. Yeah, exactly. So um, like they, they just sort of adapted the way that the dice work a little bit and made the, the dice um, agnostic to the units that you're attacking. Whereas mm. previously commands and colors referred to the commands, meaning the command card that you play to mm. order units. And then the colors, meaning the, the dice uh, rolls and the, the, the unit colors that, that show up um, to, de- to determine whether or not a unit is hit or not. So uh, I see. that's the difference. That's probably way too much information that people want on this. <laughs> All right. So the information they might actually want is how the game plays. Yeah. So the game <laughs> plays um, Battle Lore. Okay. I, this is, this is going to be a challenge for me because I'm going to end up 
probably confusing some things from some of the other commands and colors games. But uh, the way this game works is you actually spend some time setting up the the army that you want to play with, and also the side of the board, like the state of your side of the board, which is unique to Battle or Second Edition. Uh, in this game, both players choose three scenario cards that have three different scenario setups, where there will be like different arrangements of terrain, uh, different hexes that you can uh, place your units in when you go ahead to when you um deploy your units uh, it'll have different sort of like hexes that have been selected as victory point hexes that if a player is holding them by the end of their turn then they will uh they will receive victory points at the end of the turn sort of like king of the hill fashion yeah um and also each scenario card has some specific rules to that scenario so like you know your mages this turn do can ignore the terrain restrictions for forests uh, and you know, like it'll also give you maybe some extra VP conditions. So you'll get extra victory points if you do X, Y, or Z sort of like that. Right. So there's usually two ways, um, that you'll know that you can achieve victory points. One is by holding one of those victory point markers on a hex and the other will be dictated by that scenario card. You pick one, you lay it out, your opponent does the exact same thing. Meanwhile, you guys are also going to select, uh, you're going to muster an army using a bunch of cards that show the different units available to your faction, uh, so up to 50 points is normal. You can go up to 55 if you add a command tent. Uh, you come up with a big army. You slap those down on the board using cards so that the opponent doesn't know exactly what you're putting where. You also have some decoy cards that you can put down so that they really don't know what you're putting where. Um, and then you reveal all that. You throw a bunch of miniatures on the board, and then you fight. Yep. <laughs> So the game that I played, so I've only played the second edition once uh, the other day, and I played with my husband. So we played the, uh, like, really bare bones intro scenario, uh. <laughs> which is uh, pretty much laid out for you. Like, you don't have to muster an army. You don't have to do the terrain thing. They basically just tell you, okay, this side of the board gets set up this way, and this side gets set up this way. It's, like, um, also metrical, too. Like, it's, it's disgusting. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's their mirror images of each other. Oh, it's so dirty. <laughs> um but yeah and then you proceed with the the gameplay um so uh you have a deck of cards called command cards um and you have a hand of them i think it's four yep um and at the beginning of your turn you choose one of the, those cards to play and you can either do what it says on the card or if the card you play for example pertains to units that you don't happen to have in your army like for example i had a couple of cavalry cards and we didn't have cavalry in our armies you could put the card down and simply order any unit on the board to to take an action basically um the actions include moving and attacking um <laughs> so you can uh move it up to the number of uh, movement uh, points that are on its reference sheet um, you can attack, um, again, using the number of dice that it says on the reference sheet and also whether or not it's ranged or melee. Um, and you basically chuck dice, um, and, you know, based on what you, what you throw, what symbols come up on the dice, uh, determines the outcome. Um, yeah. the, the person you're attacking doesn't get a chance to defend at all. Um, they just take damage if damage is warranted. Um, some, and then some there's a couple have, other things. Some units have like um, defenses that allow them to reduce dice or, you know. Yeah, but other... it's sort of, it depends on the unit and their abilities. Right. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. And whether or not those abilities are triggered by, by the dice roll or whether or not they're just sort of passive standing abilities that just happen whenever. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, you know, there's some variation with the units. So in the scenario we played, we had archers and, uh, some kind of melee thing 
and that was it. So the the you know variety of uh, of units that we had was pretty limited. That sounds really boring. Uh you know. I mean, it wasn't the most exciting round that we played, but as far as teaching the basic mechanics of the game, you know, yeah. for a first game, it was pretty right. good. Yeah. Um, the one thing that it does, the intro scenario doesn't do is involve the lore stuff, which is the magic portion. Really? Um, yeah. No. Oh, no. So you have a, <laughs> apparently, and I just know this from reading the rules for the, you know, the, the special fancy stuff that we didn't do, uh, is that you have basically like a pool of, lore which is basically like your magic resource mm-hmm. and you can spend it to play cards that have magic spells on them and they do different things right yeah. um you can we also will... get you get more lore sometimes if you roll dice and i think you can get like two per turn just because or something like that yeah uh, so. yeah there's a lore step to the end of the turn where so at the end of every turn you draw a command card to replace the command card that you spent and then also you can either draw two lore points which is the currency you can draw one lore point and one lore card to increase the number of lore cards in your hand or you can draw two lore cards and then discard a lore card from your hand allowing you to kind of like cycle out bad lore cards that you have no use for yeah yeah um so yeah so then after the move and attack phases um you do something i forget what uh after move and attack draw another command card well the the order the order that you actually take your sort of action phase in is order units meaning that you you play the order card and then you identify which units you're using that order card on uh and then you do all your movement and then you do all your attacks and the uh, order of operations matters because you don't want to be able to the, the game is designed so that you can't like eliminate a unit and then move in move again with like a unit that you ordered earlier you know uh it's it's so that like you you are forced to stay put unless you happen to be in um you know adjacent to a unit that you've eliminated or moved with a retreat or something like that um and then in that case you can follow them and in some cases you can attack again and stuff like that right yeah so yeah so then you do all that yeah. stuff and then... so then after all that yeah you score lore points oh, uh, based right. on how many of those flags you're holding yeah. uh, uh victory then, points yeah victory points and then also you uh you, you do the lore step that i just mentioned where you know right yeah, you choose which. You either you yeah, want to do. get lore or and right, or right, card. Right. Yep. Yeah. And and that's mm, that's a round. Yeah. That's your round. It goes to the other player. Then a um, couple other things. When you get attacked uh, in this version of Commands and Colors, you are allowed to attack back, counterattack in this game as long but as only in melee range. Only in melee range. Yeah. So if you're yeah. adjacent to your attacker and you are still adjacent to your attacker after their attack, then you can t- attack them back. And I believe it's only if your unit is considered like not weak. So right, uh, is I that one of the restrictions? So so in this game, they I, have d- a... the way I read it, it was like as long as there's a guy still standing, like he'll poke you with a stick. I thought it was. <laughs> I was thinking it was if they were down to one unit, they were considered weak. And then they yeah, they are, up. but that that uh, the weak thing only applies to the um, the results of a die roll. Is that the the single sword die roll? Yeah, it's a double sword okay. versus single sword. Okay. So if you're weak, the single swords don't count. Basically, that makes that makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think I I think we were playing that way. Yeah. There's there's like other conditions in some of the other games that like I kind of get them confused because like in the previous battle or you could be bold, you know, which is sort oh, of like yeah. in in a way in my mind I'm seeing that as like the opposite of weak, you know. And if you were bold, you could battle back. Uh. So I don't know. I think I'm I'm confusing some stuff because of that. 
But um, anyway, so in this game, you didn't, you don't have to be bold, you don't have to be supported or anything like that, which was a previous requirement in previous games. In this one, you can just counterattack as long as you're still adjacent. Um, and two ways that you wouldn't be is if either your your unit has been completely eliminated, in which case you don't, you know, exist anymore, uh, or there's also a flag side of the die that causes a retreat. So if that happens, your unit has to retreat in the exact opposite direction of the direction that the attack came in. Um, and if the person, you know, isn't adjacent to you anymore, you can't attack back. Yep. Yep. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. (laughs) So, so tell, tell me, Kyle, you're, you're a big fan of the commands and colors stuff. I am. Uh, how do you feel about this? I like battle lore 2.0. I was a big fan of battle lore 1.0. I have always preferred memoir just because it is a little bit more simple, uh, it only has like three basic types of units rather than in this game, it's like five per faction, I believe, like in the base game. And then once mm-hmm. you start buying expansions, if you can find them anymore, uh, like it adds a bunch more types of units for each faction as well as a whole new faction. There's like a whole necromancer faction out there that you can get your hands on yeah. uh, that adds different types of units. So it's just like memoir was a little bit easier to teach to people and get going and everything uh, this one requires a lot more sort of research and stuff um and learning so battle lore has never been my go-to sort of like gateway game for a light war game or like a one versus one game but i do enjoy playing it um i mean i've, I've got a lot more thoughts than that on this but you know the <laughs> In general, I think, like, you know, the strengths and the weaknesses are, like, the the weaknesses that I can think of, the main ones, are that, and it's kind of a double-edged thing, setup takes a long time, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you you guys didn't do this, but sifting through your units and mustering an army, choosing which um, scenario you're going to set up, you know, like, possibly explaining that to the person that you're playing with if they aren't, you know, uh, as up to speed on the game as you are. Uh, it, it can really kind of drag things a bit, you know? So I played a game against myself. I played a game against my wife, and I've played the game in the past as well. So, I mean, like, you know, I've, I've played this quite a few times at this point. Uh, and <laughs> I think the game that I played against myself <laughs> took so long for me to make all the decisions that I wanted to make on both sides that almost like an hour had passed before I'd set the game up and fully, you know, like, made all my decisions, mustered the army, and deployed everything. Uh <laughs> So it, it was like, hour. <laughs> I almost took an hour. I think it was like 40 minutes, 45, something like that. But I mean, I was also like kind of rereading the rule book as I go yeah. to remind myself yeah, of all the little rules. Intro scenario that. doesn't sound so bad now, does it? <laughs> uh, I would have not had any fun doing that, honestly. Um, I, I think I needed to do the whole thing. I just need to be reminded of a bunch of stuff, especially because I confuse so much of the specific rules of this game with the specific rules of the previous Commands and Colors games that I've played. Mm-hmm. So sure. I have to go through and like re-clarify a lot of stuff for myself. Um, but but that can be a that can be a downside. That can be a con. The the setup time. But it can also be a plus if you're the type of person that does want to sit down and find joy in building an army specific ta- specifically tailored to you know your goal. Right? Like you might have picked you pick your command card or your uh, your scenario card, and then you muster your army. So you can muster an army specifically for the goals on that command card or the scenario card. So like I had a scenario card that was like. Make sure your opponent doesn't get these two crystal spaces. As long as you're holding crystal spaces, you get this bonus, right? And Mm -hmm. so I was specifically choosing units that had, like, the immovable trait or whatever that allows you to ignore um, one of the retreat flags on a die roll. So, like, it got really interesting in terms of, like, mustering the army for this particular scenario, right? I don't (laughs) know exactly what my opponent, what, you know, Red Kyle was setting up. Um, cause I would, you know, 
choose to forget that or whatever when I'm when I'm making those choices. Um, but that part was really really interesting. But if you're looking to just get a game out real fast and play it, then it's you know kind of a drag. So it's it's like yeah. I said, it's a double edged sword, right? Like there's sure. a pro and a con to that. Um, once I'm playing the game, I find it fun. It's you know turns move fast. Uh, you're playing your card, you're commanding, you're, you're ordering your units, and you're rolling dice, you're moving, whatever. And I feel like each turn goes pretty quickly for, you know, like a one-versus-one war game. Previous Commands and Colors games felt all about just getting in fights, you know, like getting getting in these clashes, watching units get wiped off the board, because previously the goals were all just kill a unit. Because in the previous types of Commands and Colors games I've played, anytime you eliminate an entire unit, then you take one of the figures from that unit and you put it on your victory track, and that counts as a victory point. So all you ever had to do was just keep eliminating units in order to uh, achieve a victory. In this game, you're getting victory points, and only if a scenario card tells you that kills count do kills really matter, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's all about area control and achieving these scenario-based, um, you know, victory conditions. Yeah. So it changed a lot. Like the way that you play the game changes a lot, and it can kind of affect. It can kind of affect the game in a couple ways. Like, in some ways, the game feels like this. It feels like they've given you enough like places to achieve victory points on the board on both sides that it feels incredibly tight like it feels like it's on autopilot almost where you're almost always just like racking up a couple victory points every round Mm -hmm. and so the score feels very very close regardless of who's really pushing or pulling a little bit more it just takes one little push to you know like achieve um a lead in the victory point for a round and and as long as you then maintain that lead, you're going to win at the end of the game, right? And so it's it felt to me very much like tug of war in elementary school, where you're just trying to get that one little inch that then means that you know you you're gonna win, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's interesting. Um, but it's definitely different than the previous games where it just felt like a slaughter fest, basically. You know. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that when you're focusing on these board, these scenarios that are sort of randomly chosen, you might end up having like all the stuff that matters in one section of the board. So, like, it, one thing we didn't mention was that in all the Commands and Colors games, including this one, the board is set up in three different sections, a left flank, a right flank, and a center. And so if you happen to have a weird scenario set up where all the important stuff is in the center or off to the right or whatever, then all those cards that you've got for, like, the left or the center or whatever that command that center, that section... They just don't matter anymore. So, like, I had a game where I was just focusing on a couple sections, and, like, my left flank just got completely ignored for almost the whole game. It just didn't feel relevant. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of weird. So, That's, that was sort of... So, I have I have some beefs with this game. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and th- I think it, that last thing you mentioned was sort of one of them, was that there's a lot of randomness... Uh, involved with which um, which units you get to order uh, or, or and the outcomes of of battles and stuff. Yeah. Um, so, for example, in the in the setup scenario, there are victory point spaces in each of the three sections. There was one that Brian got to pretty early, and I couldn't find a way to like get him off of it because the cards that I was drawing were not allowing me to do anything with, with that flank mm-hmm. um, because they just weren't, they were like, you know, command, you know, command units and either of the other flanks, but like, but you know, not, and not to specifically that one. Now that said, I could have just discarded a card and commanded 
one unit in that flank to to, to do its thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that felt like a waste of a card because the cards were actually pretty good for the other two flanks in which there were also victory point spaces. Yeah. But it was like you were saying, like I felt like that flank was completely neglected, not because there wasn't anything important there, but because yeah. I just couldn't I just couldn't move yeah, it. Like yeah, I couldn't yeah. do it. That that's a common frustration with all commands and colors games where you've got units in one flank and you really want to command those those like, you know, four guys over there, but you just never happen to draw that card, right? And I mean yeah, that's and just, meanwhile that's just... <laughs> Brian is commanding his units yeah. in the same thing and just decimating my dude. Yeah, yeah. And and it's 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 just that's just randomness, which, you know, like is an issue with any game that has random card draws and whether or not you're gonna get what you want. I mean, we've talked about that with uh deck builders, right? Is that like mm-hmm. in a deck builder you never get that elegant turn because you just never happen to draw the right combo. It's sort of that same frustration, you know, you're just not getting what you need at the time you need it. Um and that can right. happen in this game, and that is frustrating. But, you know, it's also just part of the game, right, is, is saying, okay, well, I've got three cards for my right flank, which I don't really need all that bad right now, but I'm going to do what I can with it and maybe try to line all these guys up on the, the hexes that straddle both the left or the right flank and the center flank so that when I get center cards or right cards, they're, they're useful both, you know, in, in either situation. So, you know, there's things that you can you kind of learn over time mm-hmm. playing these games that you can kind of try to make it make the best of a bad situation, you know, which is something you do in all games. Yeah. Um, and, and in that you're, you're basically cycling the card so that hopefully you do pull, uh, either like, you know, a left flank card, if that's the flank that you are, have been frustrated with or some cards that are, um, you know, allow you to command specific units that would mm-hmm. be, you know, like relevant for yeah. that flank. So like well, that's kind of a strategy situation. It led to the problem that you mentioned first, which was the sort of getting ahead thing. Like Brian had a huge yeah. lead. Yeah, and yeah, I, there was and, and, nothing I could do to get him off of those spaces. Yeah, I could see that being a bigger problem uh, for this particular commands and colors games game than the previous ones because in the previous ones you could still direct those units at other units and try to get some scores, you know, by just like mm-hmm. taking them out. Um, right. So yeah, I mean that that might be a little bit more of an emphasized problem in this particular version of my, commands uh, and color game. My other big beef actually has has to do with the process of taking out uh, your opponent because. The battles are just dice dice rolls, which are usually are okay, but maybe it was just like the stars were aligned against me or something, but it seemed like when I did get into a battle, like I rolled so shittily that like it felt like I might as well just been, you know, running at them with with pointed sticks or something. Like it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't yeah. it wasn't effectual at all. Well, I couldn't see, get all your the, problems uh... are with the random nature of the game and you weren't yeah. playing with any of the rules that allow you to mitigate that. <laughs> Cuz I mean <laughs> a lot of the a lot of the lore cards allow you to sort of mitigate the randomness of the 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 nature of the game, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like they give you abilities where you're going to absolutely get so, kills. Or you're absolutely going to get even you know, hits. Or the something special like abilities that. on my dude. So one of them. So if you roll a crown on the on the attack dice, you can spend that crown to activate a, an ability if you right, have it. Right. Um. So one of my my melee units, I think, or it might have been the archers. I can't remember. If they uh, if they uh, roll the crown on their attack die, then they could basically poison the unit that they were targeting. Yeah, uh, meaning that um, in future rounds, any I think it was like lore results that you rolled uh, would mm-hmm. automatically cause like another damage or something. Yeah, but that never ever came into play. <laughs> like I you never... had bad luck, Jason. You had a I very had, bad. I luck poisoned game. like three of his units, and not once did I get any well, you damage were playing against from the that guy too. Brian's just super lucky too. So well, he, he said really... that he was like, you, yeah. "You chose to play a dice game with me." That's true. Yeah, yeah, he's right. 
Yeah. Uh, I think, um, I think but, you I mean, would enjoy... It just left me feeling really frustrated. I think and you would enjoy cards, the game a lot more if you were playing with the lore cards. So, I, and po- probably, because I, magic goes a long way with me, but... Um, it's not just know, that. But, I mean, it, it allows you to strategize a little bit more, and it allows opportunities to mitigate the randomness in the game. Right. I mean, this, this should have been a game that punched all my buttons, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I love minis games. I love fantasy-themed minis games. I'm not the so hot are awesome, on war right? games, but this is a light enough war game that it, you know, that's not a barrier. Yeah. Um, and it just, it just fell really flat. Now, that said, I am really interested in trying it with, like, the full rules. Like, I want to play with the lore and the terrain and the mustering mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, to see if it changes my opinion, but at it, this point, I, just based on that scenario, like yeah, it, well, it's that's a big miss. I, I would be shocked if you didn't enjoy it a little bit more playing with the 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 full rule set because the lore changes a lot. It um allows a lot more flexibility with what you can do um and the success that you have doing it and terrain. If you guys didn't have terrain, that that's huge because like you know I was using terrain to get kills because if you back somebody up against a river and they have nowhere to retreat then all of a sudden those flags that you're rolling against them are kills, you know? So there's all kinds of different ways to utilize terrain on a board to your advantage. And so, you know, when you get down to it, there's all kinds of fun, interesting ways to use strategy in this game when it, when you've got the full set of rules and an interesting board layout, and you weren't seeing any of that. All you were seeing was, how do these dice work? Yeah. And <laughs> for you, not so well. No. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, my my biggest problem with the dice is that they only gave you four of them. Well, that's true, but I mean, that said, at least the units we were using, the most they used was three. Mm, I got up to six at one point, but I was using lore cards. But it's also just like having to pass the dice back and forth gets annoying. In previous Commands and Colors games I've played, they always give you like eight dice. So you can hold on to four, yeah. and then you just like give your opponent like an extra one or two if they happen to have some special ability that requires it. Otherwise, yeah. you don't have to be passing dice back and forth. They I thought sold... that was kind of weird when I unboxed yeah, the game. Yeah. I was they, like, sold... Four dice. they sold a dice pack for like 15 bucks, but apparently like it's out of print and out of stock. If you go to like Board Game Geek, everybody's like, huh, anybody seen any dice packs? Anybody seen any dice packs? Oh, I saw one here in, you know, like Holland a day ago. Maybe <laughs> it's still there. Head over to Holland. And, you know, like there's people selling them for like 25 bucks on eBay and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I'm going to so, make my own. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea, actually. Yeah. 3D, some 3D printing. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, that, that's something to mention for people that are possibly listening to this and maybe interested in trying Battle Lore Second Edition is that apparently Fantasy Flight Games, the people that published it um, most recently, have decided not to continue supporting it. And so it's not being published anymore, essentially. Yeah, it's still readily available. Like, you can walk in. I see it in on store shelves often enough, and it's still available through, like, Amazon and online retailers. So yeah. you can get a, you can get your hands on a copy of the base game, but... Some of the expansion uh, expansion packs are out of print and hard to get. A couple of them are not, but still, when you have them all, it feels super well-balanced because you've got basically, like, one expansion pack for each of the base factions that brings the unit count up equivalent with the expansion faction when you get both of its packs. And then there's three neutral packs that allow you to have, like, a dragon or, like, a hill giant. And then there's, like, these razor wing bat monsters. Um, so I've got everything, you know, because I'm into this stuff. Uh, and, and it definitely adds a lot of variety. It adds a lot of choice, which is, I think, cool in a war game. Um, but, you know, I still think that the base game is is fun if you are interested in a one-versus-one light war game, a game that you can sit down and just have a fun 
hour long like you know battle against your opponent kind of like a more involved you know version of stratego or something like that um you know but obviously with more refined rules or more interesting rules um i don't know i i, I wish that you had played the full version of this game because i feel like the conversation would be a little bit different because the lore cards are definitely very fun to use uh, at times yeah no i'm i'm looking forward to trying like the full version of the game but if you know they were trying to sell anything with this tutorial scenario that was not no i assume that it was just to try to teach you like the dice rules and stuff. yeah that's sort of what i came away from it thinking and that's just to teach you how to yeah play basically the game they just taught you how to play like basically every commands and colors game with the most basic rules but you know you still have to learn like you know four more pages of rules special rules for anything so yeah yeah okay so, well we're running I, uh, out of time. I think i hear this x phone coming yeah absolutely <laughs> so jason if people want to reach out to us and ask us more questions about battle or because i'm an expert on it what would they how would they get hold of us <laughs> um you can reach us at our email address it's lpt the podcast all one word at gmail.com you can tweet us it's at limited playtime or you can visit our website limitedplaytime.com which will reroute you to the amazer.com which is where we are currently hosted we would love to hear from you next week we're going to be talking about is it Yellow Games? Is that I how you pronounce so. it? It's either They're... Yellow or Aiello. Aiello. Uh, Aiello. It might just be Yellow. Maybe it's a weird I've been calling way to it yellow, yellow forever. Yeah. It just seems like Bunny Kingdom. Their game, Bunny Kingdom, which I believe released at Gen Con last year, uh, 2017. Uh, we have played that, and we're going to talk about that. It's a cute Yay. bunny game. Look forward <laughs> to that. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in one week. Bye bye. Later. Later.